0: This is Everyone Is Hot.
4: I'm Michael Stevens.
0: And I'm Shelly Brooks.
4: Each week we invite a guest to discuss their movie crush.
0: And the film that proves that person is a stealth sex symbol.
4: Hey, let's get horny. Hi, Michael. Hello, Shelley.
0: <laughs> How are you?
4: I'm very, very well. um I have a little bit of a cold that I'm getting over, but Uh-oh. um I'm getting over it. How about you?
0: I don't have a cold, I'm just tired, but I'm always tired, so it's yeah. fine.
4: You need to sleep you yeah, know
0: I need to sleep. It's very hard for me. You would think that this like very fundamental thing of just like being a human would be easier, but I find it very hard
4: well, I mean there's the demands of the office, the demands, uh, Ugh, which the, demands
0: uh, of, of the office of being a killer.
4: Yeah, it 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 uh, it is a killer. Um,
0: <laughs> it's a killer working in an office. Uh, yeah, what yeah, you yeah.
4: yeah.
0: Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that you mention that because we actually are going to talk about a really interesting movie today yep, called yep. called Office Killer.
4: Mm-hmm. Hey! Mm. Oh, the children love it. They're children clapping now.
0: Love Office Killer. They're clapping now. Which Wait, is... fifteen years. Mm. <laughs> they don't understand. They, they don't, don't understand. Know. Shut up, kids. <laughs> uh, so, shut up, you dumb kids. So, uh, these children are so enthusiastic because they love the movie Office Killer, which was released in 1997, directed by Cindy Sherman. And starring a cavalcade of stars, oh, including a true Carol Kane, Caval <laughs> cavalcade, <laughs> <Cain. laughs> including Carol Kane, Molly Ringwald, Barbara Sukova, Jean Triplehorn, and Michael Imperioli, Christopher. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you like to tell us what the movie is about?
4: After accidentally electrocuting a writer, a mousy copy editor proceeds to systematically murder her co-workers. We've been there. We've all been
0: there. (laughs) Haven't we all been there? My God. This movie was interesting. I uh, meant to see it years ago because at the theater where I used to work, we showed it. Um, I never got around to it. It's not what I expected. I thought it was going to be... I mean, it's it's a black comedy... But it's a very, very black comedy. I thought it was going to be a bit, a bit goofier than it was, and it was actually like genuinely like macabre.
2: (laughs)
4: It's it it kind of um, there are parts of it, and and it's a combination of uh, the kind of I feel like the campy presentational acting and Mm. the uh, the production design, the costume design, but it kind of feels like um, like Selena Kyle's world from. Uh, the tim burton batman movies and we just focus on that this this uh mousy woman just uh sick and tired of being sick and tired um (laughs) and becoming something else um
0: yeah and i mean something that really struck me is like obviously director cindy sherman is known best as a, a visual artist she's known for her photography in which she you know dresses up as like various characters it clearly like very like cinematically inspired in her photography but it did really strike me after you know I've watched a lot of kind of like middling tv (laughs) lately um but seeing like such intentional shot design was just so exciting because it it should not be a rarity (laughs) in a form uh where, you know, your most potent uh, expressive element is you know, good staging, good lighting good shot design Um, but a lot of movies just are kind of like very lazily shot and everything felt like very intentional like every frame felt extremely intentional in the movie, which was really cool
4: No, this movie is definitely uh, a feast for the eyes Um, you can tell as early as the the opening credits um, which Mm -hmm. are kind of like uh I don't even know how to describe it um I, I mean people you just have to watch the movie um but <laughs> you do the the opening credits feel very like, oh man, like I've never been riveted. I haven't been riveted by opening credits in a while um
0: yeah, I mean it definitely like they're are a lot of films where like the credits are sort of like a a throwaway that it's just sort of like (laughs) it feels like a contractual obligation to just like show the names and this felt like you know very different stylistically from you know a you know Saul Bass like Hitchcock credits but it felt it reminded me of that just in that like how intentional it was and how the the like the typography was like an actual design element rather than just like something to like get through
4: That's what Um, credits are supposed to be like. I
0: know. They're a
4: function. They should function as like an appetizer before a meal or a stretch before a workout, like preparing you to, to watch something.
0: Yeah. and I mean, I think that like, I don't know. I might be talking out of my ass here, but. Isn't that what we do? That's what this is all about. That's what doing a podcast is. Um, But it does feel like there is a certain, um, and I don't know, like if if it's like a an offshoot of like naturalism of not wanting to have this sort of like very like presentational aspects of having like a thoroughly designed title sequence. I mean, it's the same way that like I get frustrated that like there are so many like big epic movies that are like three hours long now and they don't do an intermission like they would do in you know the '60s or something. Like taking that theatrical element out of it, I think is maybe you know to like a modern perspective feels more more realistic or something but but i think it's a it, it's a disservice to the audience cuz like you want to have that theatrical experience you know
4: who i don't want any fucking realism i mean unless unless it's a <laughs> true master of fucking i don't know like i'm not watching a documentary i'm watching a movie i'm watching something that's made up i'm watching something that's artificial um give me treats give me you know a a nice snack. the
0: treats yeah and you know, know I know it's maybe uh cliche to like further pile on to this movie but it's like why that's how I feel about that Eternals movie it's like why hire someone like a Chloe Zhao to do a superhero movie when she her whole calling card is this sort of like quiet realism but who wants that in a superhero movie if you're going to have like a big sort of like superhero like fantastical extravaganza like why hire someone whose whole thing is like shooting at you know magic hour and doing like intimate character studies
4: so i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and speak as little about this as possible because if i talk (laughs) about it for too long uh, we're gonna be here for the next 30 minutes and this is a short one (laughs) but Um, the uh, we're I have a feeling we're gonna need to talk about the Eternals at, on another day, but yeah. I oh, mean, God,
0: to, to be honest, I'm I'm never gonna watch the Eternals,
4: Shelly, We have to watch the Eternals because I really want to know what you think. I want to know all of your thoughts. I I need you to watch this movie because I'm gonna watch it, <laughs> and I think it'll be exciting uh-huh. to be on the same page. Um,
5: okay,
4: as a comic book <laughs> fan and a and a superhero film fan um the the joy and excitement that i once had about these movies is starting to Mm -hmm. die and disappear and oh god when they found when they got the director i was just like i know it's just gonna be kevin feige calling the shots on what this movie is gonna be like there's gonna be dumb jokes and and all the fucking marvelisms that we expect Mm. just with a more prestige director um
0: yeah what? I mean you know I I try not to spend too much time on Twitter but I do go on and you, do. you know yeah. they I yeah you know can't help it <laughs> <laughs> but the, they like as a promotional clip shared this this part of the movie where it's supposed to be like I guess Camille Nanjiani is playing like, oh a yeah Bollywood the Bollywood star. scene I
4: saw that yeah
0: but the, the thing is it's like it looked I guess better than the other things that had been released. Cause at least there was like some color and some movement, but it still looked like shit compared to like most Bollywood movies. Yeah, And also like they hired an actor who like, I like Camille. I think he's funny. I think he's charming, but like they hired an actor who can't dance and then try to put him in like a very old fashioned like dance scene. And it's like, it's, it's annoying in, in large part because like, it also assumes that like the audience won't know anything about contemporary like Hindi movies. Yeah, because that that looked like such an old fashioned scene. Like there are so many contemporary Hindi films where like nobody dances. Yeah. Like just put him in one of those.
4: <laughs> like, I just like
0: this like it, weird signaling of like this is what Indian movies are like. It's like not it's necessarily. Like, no, it's fucking not.
4: <laughs> um, what's so frustrating is uh, to me too is you know I love Kumail, but he. Uh, Apparently, based a lot of his performance on uh, like someone like a a Rafik Roshan uh, combined with uh, Bruce Willis, um, which
0: yeah, I mean uh, when he got like all jacked, like I mean he reminded me of like Salman Khan most of all. Yeah, and it's like I guess I get it if you're like having a template for like a, a you know a movie star, but also I don't know. It's like it. I already didn't like this sort of like weird press tour of him talking about and being like I'm buff, torturing himself (laughs) (laughs) and like how like unhappy it made him. And then it's like, also he's like evoking a, you know, a big international star who like has killed people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
4: I, uh, this movie, I'm glad it's a, it's an L for Marvel. Um, and, uh, oh, <laughs> God, we should table it because I, I will end up here forever. Um, I want you to see it because it it looks like trash. And Ugh. we just got to like, oh, God, it's such a fun premise that would be cool to explore in its own little cinematic world with its own little cinematic sure. look. Like, I would have loved it yeah. if this was made in 1984 um, in the style Sorry. of like a Flash Gordon And
0: yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I think that like one of the most like depressing things about like a lot of these like big superhero movies now is like, there's just no sense of fun about a lot of them. Like, like, why the fuck do you get a Chloe Zhao to make this kind of movie? Like they're so self-serious and like, I, you know, I'm not a big Chris Nolan fan uh, anyway, but I also, you know, think a lot of the blame lies with him for doing like such dark, like super serious batman movies because now that like you know and I've, i'm i'm no expert on these movies i know that there's like the taiko waititi movies that you know they're not all like so po-faced but like oh my god just like this the seriousness with which the studios like approach a lot of these you know ridiculous like kid kids things yeah. kids movies like. yeah, kids, yeah <laughs> They're kids' movies, but yeah, it's, oh, it's deeply annoying, and, like, I can't begrudge any director for, like, you know, taking the paycheck, but I don't know, when when it's a Chloe Zhao or, like, a a Barry Jenkins, like, and you know they're just going to be, like, slotted into this, like, studio behemoth where they have no actual, like, control over the final product, it's, like, great. If that means that Barry Jenkins can make Underground Railroad because he got millions from Disney like fine but yeah. it's it's still just a deeply depressing sort of like i don't know aspect of the the, the current uh movie economy
4: oh, god i feel i feel like we're going to talk about this again um so
0: yeah <laughs> uh well what would you think about doing a little bit of sexy trivia for oh, Office I, Killer? I think
5: that's a great idea
0: All right, let's get this thing going. Mm. Ooh, yeah, Michael, do you want to start us off with our first bit of trivia?
4: Absolutely. Jean Triplehorn was uncomfortable filming a scene in which her character literally stumbles
5: onto a dead body. Initially, the scene was planned to be much gorier than the finished product. Ooh, excellent. Why don't you take us to number B?
0: Number B? (laughs) I got you, baby. According to Christine Vachon, the production company Killer Films gets its name from this film.
5: Ooh, brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. Michael,
0: Michael, 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 can you please, please take us home?
5: An early draft. Of the script featured more violence and gore, but the director Cindy Sherman
4: felt the focus should be on what Doreen does with the bodies once
5: she'd killed them, not how. Oh,
4: very nice. Very nice.
0: Very, very nice, very nice, very nice, very nice, very nice. I don't remember. If it was this movie when we showed it at the theater where I used to work, or if it was um, Hester Street, but there was some movie where Carol Kane was the star, Mm. and she came to do an intro, and then she invited so many people, (laughs) she like filled the entire audience with like free tickets for her friends, (laughs) including Natasha Lyonne.
4: (laughs) Oh my God.
0: Yeah. What an angel. We were like We're like, we're going to lose money on this movie because Carol Kane wants to bring so many friends.
4: That's, I love that.
0: You know, it was kind of cute. It was kind of cute. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of fun to organize, but but I, I get it. I get it. Also, Natasha Lyonne, I think we've talked about this before, but I I love her. I have a huge crush on her. But she produced that show on your knees and in her bio she spent a like a large chunk of her bio in the playbill being like nobody's giving elon musk a chance he's the only one trying to figure out how to save the planet so we should all just be a little nicer to elon
4: musk i'm sorry fuck that i know (laughs) fuck that Oh, victory makes these people (laughs) weak Oh. (laughs) God, no. It's like,
0: Natasha, I love you, but please, no, not this.
4: That is a dumb opinion. I don't. He, who, She's like, who
2: is-, is anyone else really trying that hard to figure out space travel? All it's right. just Elon. So just be be nice to Elon
0: Musk. God damn it. It's like, no, 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 no.
4: God, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for hurting this billionaire's feelings.
0: I, right?
4: Like,. These motherfuckers. This are... was like
0: a few years ago, so I don't think he was like as unhinged as he is now.
4: <laughs> but, I hope she's not. But
0: it was still like now. I think uh I don't know, man. I mean this was I think I think this was after where was it that um those kids got like trapped in a cave? Oh, yeah. The people who rescued them pedophiles. Yeah,
4: yeah. I remember that. <laughs>
0: So yeah, he was already not looking so great. I was like, Natasha, come on, you're one of the cool ones. God. <laughs> you're supposed to be cool. <laughs> oh, but she's not an office killer.
4: <laughs> no, she's not an office killer at all.
0: <laughs> no, she's not. But we have a lot of hotties in Office Killer. Oh
4: my god, so many. Um, all right, who are who are you? Who are yours? Your top, your top two.
0: <sighs> god, it's like there's so many, but. I do think that I might have to put at number one Molly Ringwald.
4: Molly Ringwald, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, we know her as, you know, teen star Molly Ringwald, but she actually has, like, a really interesting filmography. Like, I the fact that she worked with Cindy Sherman on this and she also was in, um, that Godard film, the King Lear from 1987. Like she, she's like weirdly interested, like, I guess not weirdly, but like for someone who is known for things like 16 candles or whatever, you would not expect her to be someone who is also like interested in like being in experimental films, (laughs) but, but yeah, I mean, she's got like a really interesting resume. I,
4: I agree. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Um, her as Cordelia in King Lear is, like, mm, perfect for 1987. Yeah, because um,
0: also, I mean, it's, like, not even, like, a straightforward King Lear. I mean, it's, like, you know, 80s Godard, so it's, like, a weird sort of, like, metatextual, like, you know, it's got a crazy people in it. It's, like, Woody yeah. Allen is in it, like, Burgess Meredith is in it. Like, they're not, like, doing King Lear, and the fact that she was, like, yeah, I'll make a, like, <laughs> weird sort of, like, uh, you know, self-reverential... Movie by Godard, like yeah, why not? God, okay. it's so cool, and she's like a a writer now, I believe. Like, uh, I think she writes novels and things. Oh, and
4: between her guest spots on Riverdale, that is very
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also looking at her IMDb. Uh, Riverdale, Doc McStuffins. <laughs> she's had a a real uh a a wide array of works. <laughs> uh in her career yeah this is very interesting
4: and in this movie she's so nasty um <laughs>
5: i love so a mean. character who's
0: nasty but then ultimately right yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> i do think that that's a, a a fun sort of role to play where it's like yeah you're a bitch but also like you're correct
4: yeah <laughs> And I think that's what makes her so attractive. In in my mind, I think that's what makes her Mm. the right kind of hottie for this podcast. Um,
0: Yeah. Just because
4: she's so mean. Um, She's (laughs) such a mean girl, but she's right. And that's a very attractive quality.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, just going back to like the idea that like she is like forever going to be associated with these like teen movies. But I mean, she. She's worked with some amazing people. Like she did this movie in the early 80s with like John Cassavetes and Gina Rollins and Susan Sarandon and ral Julia. Like she's she's got like some serious like pedigree in yeah. her in her filmography. It's like it's it's really interesting.
4: Yeah. Um
0: which of course is also true of Carol Kane.
4: Is that your number 2?
0: Uh, I mean, I think they're neck and neck because Carol Kane. My God, what a babe!
4: She's a real maniac in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, she is genuinely terrifying. Um, <laughs> I, I she's like this Bizarro uh, Betty Davis character. Uh, <laughs> reminds me a little bit of the the main character from Now Voyager um this
0: oh interesting <laughs> yeah
4: just like a, a nightmare version of that character um
0: sure yeah
4: i i really I can see
0: that yeah. yeah i mean the relationship with the mother like yeah it's like if uh <laughs> if betty davis and now voyager hadn't like gotten hot and went on a boat <laughs> yeah because <laughs> she'd just been stuck at home with her crazy mom <laughs> i yeah i see it i see it
4: she would have become a murderer um
0: (laughs) she might have yeah
4: no carol kane is uh she's super hot in this movie um i mean she's got that makeup on which doesn't make her you know like regular carol kane is my favorite um (laughs) carol kane um
0: yeah yeah sure (laughs) her
4: eyebrows are are an absolute nightmare not the
0: one the eyebrows are crazy oh they're so good and like I think that that's definitely where you like it, it, well you see it in, in you know a lot of aspects of the movie but like seeing the the sort of imprint of like Cindy Sherman's photography in the movie like the eyebrows are definitely part of it I mean the the makeup is truly kukululu like yes, yeah. it's so good but yeah I mean I beyond the 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 makeup and the styling of the actors, which is you know highly reminiscent of like the way that like Sherman like styles herself in her photography, even just like the framing of various scenes, it's like you will see there's like a I, I think an easy sort of like film language to fall back on um where it's like okay, in this part you know it's, it makes sense to put the actor in you know the middle of the frame in a medium shot or whatever. Right, there are so such like interesting, weird, sort of, like canted angles, or like having like Carol Kane like at the, like the very extreme edge of the frame. Like it's it's just a much more expressive visual language than you see in like a lot of than you've seen a lot of movies. I mean, yeah. cause, just because there there are so many like sort of visual things that are like easy to f- fall back on, just because you see them a lot, and like it feels like every every frame was like very intentional
4: i gotta say i guess is
0: how should every movie should be but i uh what do you
4: gotta say i gotta say a special shout out to uh todd thomas the costume designer and kevin thompson the production designer uh it's absolutely to die for i could watch this movie on mute it's so great
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. And like with Molly Ringwald's character, like especially. I feel like the costumes were so spot on for like the kind of like self-involved, like upwardly mobile kind of bitchy woman that she is, like Yeah. Oh, her her costumes were perfect.
4: They uh yeah, each each character in this movie, even like kind of the, the background characters kind of feel like um like tarot card archetypes of the different <laughs> kinds of uh, personalities that one might find in an office and as a person yeah. that works in an office uh whew, boy <laughs> they did a they did a real good job
0: yeah oh agreed and i mean i think that this movie is interesting as something for like this podcast cuz it is an actively unsexy movie i'd yeah. say <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's got a, <laughs> it's got a lot of like sexy people in it like people who are like truly like you know bullseye for you know the kind of actors that we talk about but like it, there is no uh sort of like sensuality or eroticism to this movie <laughs>
4: it's, it's a very lurid uh
0: yeah brutal
4: and uh ridiculous take on i guess the office world and uh thriller (laughs) um yeah i think very
0: sad it's like everyone feels so so like trapped in it it's like carol kane's character obviously feels like so sort of like imprisoned by her relationship with her mother and her her job at the office and like the fact that like she is the, you know, the daughter of, you know, this important guy who just, like, is, you know, offered, is is retained out of, like, pity. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. And it's just everyone else, like, it feels like the office is, like, this sort of, like, self-contained, like, Oof. inescapable space, yeah, you know? Like a dollhouse. It's, yeah. It's bleak as hell. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh. oh. It's real. <laughs> yeah, whole, yeah. I mean, the whole time I watched it, I was like, "Boy,
0: yeah, oh, getting man. a little uh, too familiar Ooh, here." <laughs>
4: boy, I get, I, get a, I, I I. like how working from home was such a huge uh, plot point. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially. Yeah, in the context of the last couple of years, that was uh, that yeah. was big. <laughs> oh man, so. We have a really fantastic cast of actors here. Are well, oh, actually, you never said who was your top crush in the movie.
4: Um, so I, I would have to say, I mean, I, I love Carol Kane. We talked about her for a little bit. Of course. Um, but one person I want to earmark for for our listeners is one to watch is a young Michael Imperioli. Um,
0: Christopher.
4: Oh. Uh, what a what a what a what a good looking boy! What a he you know. is
0: so fucking handsome! Oh my beautiful God. eyebrows! Yeah, <gasps> the best in the nose. Come
4: on, God! i like this guy get a lot of leading leading man roles.
0: Yeah, I mean he's interesting because it's like obviously he had The Sopranos for like such a long time. You know, uh, yeah, I mean I guess he maybe got like a slightly pigeonholed because it's like Goodfellas the Sopranos but also I mean he I think is like a theater guy like he makes sense I think is like a a genuine like trained actor uh yeah now he he's like a a screenwriter he uh he co-wrote um what was that Spike Lee movie um Summer of Sam what he wrote that with Spike like yeah no he's he's really interesting he's like uh He's a little nerd. That's the thing. He's like a jack of all trades who, you know, he he writes, I think he directs. Um, been in uh, like 5 million really good movies. Yeah, he's he's cool. Holy I moly. really really like Michael Imperioli. And now right. he's got a podcast where he talks about um uh, the Sopranos with the guy who played uh Bobby Bacala.
4: That's fun. I got to watch this show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's actually done a lot with Spike. I'm like looking back at his filmography. It's like he had a Minor role in Malcolm X, he did Clockers, did Summer of Sam.
4: He's in Girl Six, Six. Six. yeah,
0: yeah, he's Damn. a cool dude. All right,
4: well, Michael Imperioli, y'all, look look at his movies, look at his face, <laughs> um, look at his
0: handsome, handsome face, and uh, you know, join me in finally making my way through The Sopranos. So, you know, if you're also uh working way through the first season hit oh, me up God.
4: yeah i gotta i gotta message start.
0: me on instagram <laughs> yeah let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he he's like a really really interesting guy Um, and now that i am finally on my sopranos journey i plan to start listening to his podcast because i think it's gonna be a good time
4: <laughs> okay wonderful all right. He's
0: a good crush, Michael. Yeah, he's, nice. he's a
4: good crush. He's a good crush. But I mean I guess That's we both very good crush. I guess we, we both landed on Carol Kane, so I mean she she wins. I mean she wins this I episode. She,
0: she has to win, yeah. Uh which, you know, I think eventually we should uh do a Carol Kane exclusive episode because man, she's been so hot and so many things. Uh, you know she was in Tree's Lounge that uh, movie that Steve Buscemi directed she's yeah. great in Hester Street I love that she went from like when she was very young in like the Hester Street days she looked like such a little like a little angel like yeah. she was like so tiny she's got those like blonde curls and those big eyes and now she's like this tough fraud <laughs> in like, so many of the movies she does it's oh and also we cannot forget um her in Annie Hall and in Ishtar oh because she plays a great put-upon girlfriend in both of those movies
4: oh I've seen her in Annie Hall I haven't seen Ishtar though
0: you gotta watch Ishtar it's great she plays we she weren't no she Dustin Hoffman's girlfriend in that
4: okay I have um, a question about yes. Ishtar and I'm only gonna watch this movie if it has this thing that I like in movies uh-huh. Is there a very tall person, friends with a very short person? Because that's the only thing I you know, I love twins. I love uh the rock and Kevin Hart together. Um Michael, I I need I'm so glad know. you asked. Yeah.
0: If you might remember in our Short Kings episode, we did have a cold open. There was some dialogue from Ishar in which Warren Beatty tells tiny tiny Dustin Hoffman. That he's jealous of how short he is because women love short men, and that you've never seen a big sports car. It Oof. is, it is a classic case of a small and tall, and it is one of my favorite smalls and talls.
4: Oof, I love Even a small all and of film tall. history. <laughs> okay,
0: I love a small and tall. They listen, Elaine May. She didn't have to go so hard in just showing how tall and awkward Warren Beatty was and how tiny and smooth Justin Hoffman was but she did that, she did wow. that for
4: us alright, one, I have to watch this movie I love a small and tall two, we have to do a small and tall episode three um, we yes. gotta ask drinkenstein to make a drink called it small and tall because I don't know what that small is and tall. a small and tall has to be like a shot and a taller cocktail but like a yes. tiny powerful shot um <laughs>
0: this is absolutely brilliant yeah i we absolutely need this i am so excited
4: small and tall y'all heard it
0: guys get ready
4: get ready for your small and tall (laughs)
0: smalls and talls are coming
4: small your smalls and talls are coming um i actually think before we do the small and tall episode we need to release the ingredients first so that the listeners can Mm. buy the ingredients and we can all drink a small and tall together and get wasted
0: I absolutely agree, and I do think that like we've really been building to this moment because we have had a lot of good smalls and talls. Actually, yeah. like we had uh, the truth about cats and dogs, which Ooh, I would say is an all-time small and tall. <laughs> we played the, the Ish chart clip. You know, I think we we've really gotten some nice smalls and talls. And for twins. The
4: show. We didn't talk about twins yet, but I talk about twins all the time. You talk um... about
0: twins almost daily. Um. And... Um. <laughs> Listen, we're going to really get into it when we do our smalls and talls.
4: (laughs) Okay. Not another word on smalls and talls.
0: (laughs) No more smalls and talls. We got to save this. We got to save the good stuff. Mm. (laughs) This is precious, and this will get its own episode. Now, Michael. Yeah. We've talked about our top crushes. Mm -hmm. I think now we ought to tell the people where they can find us.
4: Oh, Well, if y'all don't know where we are, go on to your social (laughs) media. You can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at the handle "Everyone Is Hot." That's every number one.
0: Everyone is hot. Is
4: hot. Are we? Everyone is hot. Everyone is
0: hot. Pod. (laughs) Oh,
4: it says here our socials. Everyone is hot.
0: Yeah, I think you wrote that.
4: God. (laughs) Well, now I know what our uh, podcast handle is. <laughs> so if you want to find so us, it... you can check out our socials on Instagram and Twitter at everyone is hot pod. That's every number one is hot pod. And uh, look, if you're listening to us, uh, rate us five. You, you do this part. <laughs> you do this so... part.
0: If you like the show, oh. um uh, Please rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, If you're on Apple podcasts, give us those five stars and write us a little review where you tell us about your stealth sex symbol and we might just read it on the air. (laughs) So yes, if you are going to give us anything less than five stars,
4: fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> but if you if you want to give us five stars, then we would love that. Thank we you. We would we would appreciate
4: that so much.
0: Well guys, this has been an absolute delight talking about Office Killer and so much more with mm-hmm. my friend Michael.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love spending <laughs> time with my friend Shelly. It's great.
0: Uh we love it. We love it. Now oh. everyone, if you could do us mm, just a little a little favor. We would ask that you please stay horny.
4: Stay horny.
5: Nice. Nice.
2: Hold up.